Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Dr. Shauna Jamison, Ayurvedic doctor, clinical Ayurvedic specialist, and Panchakarma specialist that has over 4,000 combined credit hours in Ayurvedic medicine with the California College of Ayurveda, and is it Kerala Ayurveda? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Jameson specializes in Marma therapy, Shiradhara, Abhiganya, along with Panchakarma therapies. She enjoys being able to bridge the gap between Ayurveda and Western medicine while providing a safe and nurturing atmosphere in which to heal. She has dedicated her gifts and talents over the years to empower her patients in understanding their bodies, their love for being back in nature, and discovering the healing power of Ayurveda. So welcome. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Lara. It's such a pleasure to be with you today and be able to share this unique, incredible science with your listeners. So thank you for having Yeah, no problem. I'm really excited to bring this forward. Uh, you and I have been working together uh, for my personal healing journey, and it's been um, quite, for me, quite remarkable. Um, and so we'll talk about that later. But just to get started, I want to hear about your journey and how you came to be interested and really decided to take this path for yourself. I think I was born interested um, around fourth grade. I remember having a, my best friend was from India and she was blacker than black. She was very, very dark <laughs> and she's from Northern India. And um, I just always was, would go to her house and just be fascinated by her mother wearing the bindi and the beautiful saris. And uh, so that's probably what really began my journey. I did study in some Chinese medicine also, but then um, I got pulled into Ayurveda and it was just a natural direction for me with all the other modalities that I've done leading up to this point in my life. So it just feels like um, it called me. I didn't really search for it. It was calling me. And uh, once I accepted the knock, knock, it all started to unfold. And it's, it, I just love it. I love what I'm doing. So thank you for asking that. Yeah. How long, I'm just curious, like how long is the process of becoming a specialist in this field? Is it, I'm sure it's many years. Yeah. For me, it was about seven years because I was, you know, still raising a child and, um, you know, life. Uh, some people can go a little bit quicker, but I'd say that's probably about an average for most people if they're, um, you know, still have other life things going on while they're learning. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's about seven years process to go through the whole program. 
Okay. Yeah. And so tell us what is Ayurveda? So this episode is just going to be essentially like Ayurveda one-on-one or 101, not one-on-one, 101. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, for sure. <laughs> to give everyone like a, a really good overview and, and um, explanation because it's very much unlike anything else. It's very unique to itself, at least in my experience. And I would have to agree. So what is Ayurveda? Ayurveda literally means the knowledge of life. Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge or wisdom. So Ayurveda is often called the mother of all healing and it originated in India over 5,000 years ago, some say even longer. Ayurveda is considered the healing side of yoga. Most of you know what yoga is. And yoga is the spiritual side of Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is considered the healing side of yoga. Yoga is the spiritual side of Ayurveda. And since both yoga and Ayurveda help a person reconnect to their true nature through direct experience, together combined, they encompass an, a complete approach to the well being of the body, mind, and spirit. Ayurveda is a remarkably individualized system of medicine. Its tradition is rooted in the idea that each of us is born with a complete personal blueprint for our own optimal health. From birth onward, it is this reference point, which is your original constitution, or as we say in Ayurveda, prakruti, that in many ways defines who you are. No two constitutions are exactly alike, therefore no two human beings can have exactly the same expression of ideal health. In Ayurveda, we believe everything is medicine and everything is poison. What might be beneficial to you could harm someone else and vice versa. It all depends on the context of who you are and what patterns are currently at play in your particular system. Ayurveda is fundamentally opposed to a one-size-fits-all remedy, although there are certainly some practices that are considered to be beneficial for most everyone. The focus is still placed on each individual. Let's define health a little bit here. Ayurveda reaches far beyond the realms of physical health, healing, and the prevention of disease. It has the capacity to help each one of us sync up with our truest inner nature, honor our strengths, hone in on our challenge areas, redirect detrimental tendencies, and offer real support wherever it is needed so that we can better maintain our balance in the face of adversity. Ayurveda views health and disease as the end result of how we interact with our environment. Harmonious actions lead to health, while disharmonious actions lead to disease. Ayurveda is the science of developing greater harmony with our environment through all of our senses. The ancient science of Ayurveda is really the art of living wisely. It empowers you to make choices that nurture and sustain the body and the mind for optimal wellness. It's a science that harnesses the healing intelligence within nature. Ayurveda bases its wisdom on the five elements present everywhere in existence. And those five elements are space, air, fire, water, and earth. They exist everywhere within us and outside of us. So that would lead us to the three doshas. Some of you may have heard some of these before, some may not. So we'll go ahead and just talk a little bit about the three doshas since we are Ayurveda 101 here. Uh, your constitution is the fundamental and unique balance of the three basic energies called doshas. They are vada, pitta, and kapha. Some people will say kapha. I was taught kapha, but it's inter 
interchangeable. You can say either kapha or kapha. The balance in each individual is different and each individual has his or own special set of challenges and gifts. For this reason, no two programs are identical and each person's path toward optimal health is unique. Pravada, it's said to be made up of the air and ether elements. So this is vada dosha. This means that it has the qualities that are similar to these elements, which would be vada is very much like the wind. It's light, cool, dry, and mobile. In the body, and when we say mobile, we just mean it moves around a lot. In the body, those people with vada nature experience more of these qualities. Their bodies tend to be light, their bones thin, and their hair and skin dry. They often move and speak quickly. When out of balance, they may lose weight, become constipated, and have weakness in their immune and nervous systems. These qualities are also reflected in the personality. So those with a vada nature tend to be talkative, enthusiastic, creative, flexible, and energetic. Yet when they're out of balance, they may also become easily confused and overwhelmed, have difficulty focusing or making decisions, and they often have trouble sleeping. This becomes more apparent when they are under stress. They're challenged by cool emotions like worry, fear, and anxiety. In order to bring balance to Vata, programs are designed to emphasize the opposite qualities of warmth, heaviness, nourishment, moistness, and stability. In the diet, this is reflected in the consumption of cooked grains, such as rice and cooked vegetables, as well as intake of warm milk with spices. Pungent herbs like ginger that increase internal heat and nourishing herbs like ashwagandha bring balance to vata. Am I going too fast for you? <laughs> no, you're great. So um, I'm just making okay. notes. So <laughs> okay, sure, um, sure. Do you have more about vata or should we take a pause? We can take a pause on vata and then I'll go on to pitta and kapha. Okay. I was actually just debating on whether or not I should let you get through all three doshas. <laughs> yeah, we can because make a pause. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that you said that I want to elaborate on a little more too, and I, I wrote notes, so I know how to bring us back <laughs> okay, sure, is sure. when you said all five senses, it involves all five senses. So like when I first, uh, you know, I first learned of Ayurveda through my yoga teacher training and it was mm -hmm. just a very, very brief, very for lack of a better word, superficial introduction. Mm -hmm. So I learned about the doshas again, very superficially and mainly it came across to me like, Oh, there were a lot of herbs and it was like, to me, like a form of herbal medicine. But what I've found through working with you is that really, yes, it's herbs, but it's also like the role of food and really bringing that connection back to how we are nourishing our bodies with what kind, what quality, how much, what temperature. Again, you sort of already spoke about moistness and dryness. And um, so all of those things. So I want so let me let you talk about that first. And then I want to hear about how, how all five senses are also sort of awakened and brought into this approach? Oh, sure. Yeah. So that's perfect. Great question. Um, so the senses we know are, I know I'm going to miss one here, sight, smell, sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, what you hear. That should touch all five, right? 
Yep, hear, touch, taste, smell, sight. Um, so yeah, even our foods are intertwined with that, um, the qualities of the foods. So if we're very dry, we wanna bring in more oils. There are certain therapies that we use to oleate some of the senses organs like the ears, like the nose, um, uh, for, like, for instance, things like tinnitus um, or vertigo. Both of them we would treat because it's usually ends up being because the person has a lot of dryness in the system, therefore their ears are drying out, their, their whole nasal cavity is drying out. And if we hit it from both ways, oftentimes it will uh, rectify itself in no time at all. Uh, even though they go to the doctor or their MD and they say there's nothing we can do, well, the opposite qualities will do it. So mm -hmm. it's pretty shocking when people come and see me and then they, two days later, they're like, I don't have tinnitus or vertigo, but they're doing and, their treatment. They still have to do the motion for a mm -hmm. while until their body absorbs enough oil that they don't have to do it. So yeah. Did that right. answer your question? Yes. And just for clarity's sake, oleation, oleation <laughs> oh, yeah. means introducing oil to oils. the body, right? The yeah. right oils for the right, the right dish. oil. Or in Vada's case, it would be usually a sesame oil type. Okay. If it's a pitta dosha, which we're going to next, it would tend to be more of a coconut. It's lighter and cooler. You'll see why, because pitta is made up of fire and water elements. And then for a kapha dosha, it's usually something like sunflower. Um, Kappas are already heavy, so we need a really light, uh, somewhat semi-warming oil, and that would be sunflower oil. So um, we'll move into the pitta, and then you okay. can ask some questions after pitta, and then Sounds we'll good. And see where we're at with that. Okay. So pitta dosha is said to be made up of fire and water elements. It's mostly fire, a little bit of water. Um, and those people with pitta nature have many of the qualities of fire within them. This means in all the senses as well, as you'll notice this time as we're listening to this. Pitta tends to be hot, sharp, and penetrating. It is also somewhat volatile and oily. The oily nature of pitta is related to the secondary component of water. Most people with pitta nature reflect these qualities. They tend to feel warm, have a somewhat oily skin, penetrating eyes, and sharp features. Also, when we do their uh, consultation, we'll look for deep set eyes, which also is an indicator of pitta. They're deep set in the, into the sockets. Let's see, they feel warm. They have somewhat oily skin, penetrating eyes and sharp features. They tend to have moderate weight and good musculature. When they're out of balance, they tend toward diarrhea, infections, skin rashes, and weakness in the liver, spleen, and blood. These qualities are also reflected in the personality. Pitta people tend to be highly focused, competitive, capable, courageous, energetic, and clear communicators who get right to the point. They like to solve problems, and when under stress, they dig in their heels. However, they can also become overly intense and speak with a sharp tongue. They make great friends, but feared enemies. Emotionally, they are challenged by the heated emotions of anger, resentment, and jealousy. In order to bring Pitta back into balance, programs are designed to emphasize the opposing qualities of coolness, heaviness, which is also a, a form of nourishment, and dryness. Cool spices like fennel are recommended in the diet, along with foods such as raw vegetables, cooked rice and wheat, as well as most beans. Sweet herbs like shatabri are used to nourish the body, while bitters like dandelion root temper the fire. So those are the main qualities of pitta. Did you have any questions about that or comments? I don't think so. Okay. 
you don't have a whole lot of pitta. So <laughs> spill a little spill there. Um, but so yeah, yeah, you're as cool as a cucumber. <laughs> I have a lot of pitta. So we have lots of opposite qualities here. And that's just my my makeup too. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like to also liken these doshas to be uh, likened to different animals. It gives you a good flavor of what this is about. So for Bada, I like to think of either a hummingbird or a um, a dragonfly. Backwards, forwards, up, down, shiny object, shiny object. Um, fast, 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 mobile, mobile, mm -hmm. mobile. Um, and then pittas are likened more to a tiger. They're more fierce. They're direct. When they want something, they get it. They go right to the point. Um, they're protective, ultra protective, like a, a tiger would be with its cubs. Uh, don't ever cross a mother pitta. They will bite. <laughs> you know? So uh, there's good aspects, of course, and what might be um, uh, said as more negative things like the emotions of anger, resentment, and jealousy. Um, I don't really see them as bad things, but you just want to have them under control, right? Not mm -hmm. out of control, because I think anger is, is an emotion that's not at the bottom of the scale of emotions. Um, you know, there's way worse emotions than anger, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but it's it just about depends balance. on how, how it's used. Yeah, it's, and, how, and if you're able to control it, I think that's the main thing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, they tend towards a lot more of those heated emotions. So we'll move on to kapha or kapha, however you would like to pronounce that is fine with me. Within the kapha dosha, there's a predominance of the water and um, earth elements, like these elements. And kappas we can liken to a elephant. Um, kapha tends to be cool, moist, stable, and heavy. In the body, these, quali these qualities manifest as dense, heavy bones, lustrous, supple skin. So these tend to have a really soft skin, low metabolism, and large stocky frames. In addition, those with a kappa nature tend to feel cold. When out of balance, kappa individuals are prone to gaining weight and tend to have weakness in their lungs and sinuses, where there is an accumulation of mucus. Kappas tend to have a lot of mucus and lung issues. The elements of water and earth are also manifested in the personality. The heavy, stable nature of kappa is reflected in a steady personality that is not prone to quick fluctuations. Those with a kappa nature handle stress very well, often not even noticing that it exists. They don't like change. They're generally conservative and would prefer to keep things just the way that they are. They tend to be very stable, so they'll. it's hard to get a, an elephant to change its mind, but they'll remember. They'll remember your birthday. <laughs> Those with a kappa nature are also comfort seekers. This relates to the soft, watery nature of kappa. Too much comfort, however, can lead to a lack of motivation and a feeling of becoming stuck. When kappa is out of balance, the heavy emotions of depression and lethargy result. In order to bring kappa to balance, the opposing qualities of lightness, dryness, and warmth are recommended. Grains such as quinoa and amaranth are recommended as well as hot spices like cayenne pepper. Lots of vegetables and little nuts and dairy are prescribed. Cleansing herbs like gugaloo and pungents like clove bring balance to kappa. So this awareness um, gained from having an Ayurvedic consultation allows one to create balance and harmony, thus avoiding the onset of symptoms. If you're already ill, 
Ayurveda helps you to create the optimum environment in your body for healing to take place. Ayurveda will help you feel better about life and have greater energy and enthusiasm overall. Did you have any questions about Kappa? Um, no, but I do have a question from the energetic side of things. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ayurveda or maybe even just you as the practitioner, like looks at maybe where these different doshas store their emotional energy in their body and like associate that with where the symptoms are manifesting and showing up? Yeah, well, there's a seat for each of the doshas. Vata's seat is in the colon. Oh, so okay. Those people will tend to have constipation. So almost always when you diagnose someone with having, oh, by the way, before I go any further with that, I want to mention that you're not always just one dosha and you do have all five elements in you, otherwise you would not exist. So even if, for instance, let's say you didn't have a lot of kappa in your constitution, we still have to give you an obligatory 10% where the others, even if it's 0%, we've got to give you 10 or you wouldn't exist. So you do have all three doshas in your prakriti, your original constitution. And then we take your imbalances and that's what we're trying to bring you back to is, is your original. Um, what was I saying about prior to that? Oh, I asked about like the, um, the symptoms manifesting if we right. thought that that was emotional storage issues that right. could so also Vata, be like, yeah, Vata towards constipation. That's the seat of body is in the, in the, um, large intestines. And then Pitta seat is in the stomach. Uh, it's called, um, Pachaka Pitta. It's where, where, um, digestion occurs. It's where the fire is or the Agni in the belly. Uh, so they'll tend towards more things like liver problems, blood issues, those kinds of things, uh, skin rashes. Kappa is located in the chest, the lungs and heart area. Um, and that's where they'll, you'll find people having more mucus, uh, lung allergies, things like that. Okay. And then they also have subdoshas where they're located throughout the body as well. But that's the main seat of each dosha without getting into subdoshas yet. Something sure. we can talk about later. Yeah, <laughs> it would get complicated. And then just looking at the um, perspective of health that Ayurveda has, I feel like we've established that balance is the main goal. But is that like balance according to an Ayurvedic definition or is that balance according to the person that you're treating? Yeah, it's very individualized uh, focus. So everyone's balance point will be different. So you can't compare your balance to someone else. I can't make a blanket statement and say, this is what everyone should do. We're not like that because it isn't that way. Um, so we need to know your percentages of your original makeup when you were conceived, actually. That is your original constitution. Things... Um, that don't change the way we can evaluate that are through things that don't change like your neck length doesn't change your eye socket the quality of your hair your skin your pulse will tell us a lot um, we do a tongue diagnosis also but uh, that usually we use a little bit more for prakriti um, or sorry vikriti which is your current imbalances so then we do your current imbalances and those are the things that um, you know may be elevated uh, and we're going to bring those back down to your original constitution. So you and your husband can't be the same. They, you will not be the same. Um, your diet, we try and make it so that you can both eat the same foods together if your husband, for instance, isn't doing this. But primarily for working with you, we're going to work on your diet. Um, that's going to help with alleviating those higher uh, values 
um, to get you back to your original constitution because it's like a special snowflake. We want to get that snowflake matching back together with who you truly are. And once we do that, you're going to live more in harmony. You're going to have less stress. You're able to handle life much easier. And I'm going to ask you this, and I think you're going to tell me it's different for everyone, but I'll ask anyway. <laughs> oh, so how long does this take? <laughs> I'm sure oh, everyone wants to know. How long does yeah. it take? How long does it take? Well, well, that's a great question too. And it really does depend on uh, how dedicated the patient is, how, um, mm, how the practitioner is presenting uh, things that are challenging you and helping you with creative support to overcome those challenges. And uh, life, it does get in the way. And sometimes there's a vacation and they all they served you was ice cream all day in, in Italy or whatever. And that was not the right food for you. So, <laughs> you know, you'll wake up with a stomach ache and call me from Italy. And then I say, okay, instead Stop of ice eating cream, gelato, <laughs> don't eat the gelato, go get a substitute. And I, I try really hard not to take things away from people without replacing with something uh, tastier or better or, um, you know, that they can handle. So I work hard with people to try and make sure that they're able to accomplish their goals uh, in the most, in the quickest, but not everybody's quick. Vatas are quick, but sometimes they're all over the place. They want to tell you the 10 things that they're doing when all you ask them to do one. And <laughs> the kappas take sometimes a little more prodding, you know, mm -hmm. and then and then the pittas know it all, and uh, they didn't really need you in the first place. So they say until <laughs> you can calm them down and say, no, here's the things that you really do, uh, really could help improve your health. So mm -hmm. that, that's, those are extreme cases, of course. And remember- no, I love it, yeah. Yeah, remember also that you could be, um, I would say very high percentage, I don't know what the exact percentage number is, but most people are dual doshic, meaning they have two doshas that are out of balance at that time. So remember, you have all three doshas in certain percentages, but then in your uh, vikruti, which is your imbalances, you may have at least two doshas that are out of balance at a time. Mm -hmm. And okay. sometimes they can have opposite qualities, like in your case. Yeah. And I, I think I... I like this approach and um, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because if you know anything about me, you know I'm an empowerment um, champion. So I want people to take an active role in their health. And from my personal experience with you and this uh, this new practice and this new way of living and eating, and um, it really is about how much you are allow into your life and how much you're willing to at least try. Uh, there's definitely been things that you've suggested to me that I had resistance on. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but it's, you know, like, at least, you know, like I said yes to this. So at least have to try and be an active participant and just see, you know, is it going to help me? Is it, you know, is going to change things for the better. So. Right. And remember in the beginning, I said, it's a direct experience that you're having uh, yeah. with your senses and your body. And one of the things we mentioned, I won't say what it was, but there was one thing that was a little sticky. And then on your very own, after you had your Panchakarma, you went off and did that one thing and all of your symptoms came down and you didn't even do it a hundred percent. You did it mm, 50, a little over 50%, I would say 60, 70%. And um, now, you know, through your own direct experience, not me telling you, 
that that one thing is making a difference in your body right now. So um, without spilling, I'm not going to say what it is, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Confidentiality. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty open on my show about talking about my uh, direct experiences because I feel like it helps people um, have a deeper understanding, but also not feel alone in their journey. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Where do you want to go from here? I, I'm loving this conversation. Oh, yeah. Do we still have time? Yeah. Um, we have some time. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure how long this would take. So um, we talked about the five elements. I think everyone's mm -hmm. clear on that. And then um, how do we treat? That might be a good question. How are we actually treating you? So let's say you yes. come in. Sorry. Yes. We did talk about it a little bit, though, by bringing in the opposite qualities. So let's say we're treating Vada. We're going to bring in those unctuous oils. We're going to bring in heavier foods that are more grounding we're going to give herbs that we didn't talk about herbs much at all but uh herbs that are going to help ground the mind so these will be heavier more unctuous herbs um, and they'll have those qualities to them uh if we're treating pitta for instance then we have to bring in more of those cooling qualities the lighter oils like we talked about um and foods that are cooling that aren't going to aggravate that heat in in pitta and then for kapha we need to sometimes we like i said need to prod them so we're going to give them spices that are going to turn up their agni so that they have better digestion and elimination we do talk a lot about digestion and uh, elimination in ayurveda so it's one of the first um you know it's the first brain of the body and then mm -hmm. the mind second brain and i think i've heard you speak of that as well in one of your podcasts earlier um, mm -hmm. that, that the lining of the, the mucosal lining of the gut and the brain share the same, uh, physical qualities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're talking to each other back and forth, back and forth. And, um, we have to honor that and really take care of the gut. So if your gut's hurting, most likely your mind is hurting too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Did you have any? Oh, go ahead. Well, and the, just I'd like to add to that that you know a lot of people would like would like to tell you that their gut is not hurting, but they have decided that gas and bloating and passing gas, both you know from out of the mouth and the other end, are completely normal. Yes. Um, or that you know the different styles uh, or. And by styles, I mean like smelly or not. Sorry, we're going to get a little graphic here is normal. And that's not necessarily the case either. So um, it's important that people realize that just because you've become accustomed to something that doesn't make it a healthy normal for you. And just being open to examine that and say, was there a time in my life where it wasn't like this? And that could be your first clue. And also, too, with mental health, uh, this is becoming um, pretty prevalent with um, some of my clients and and um, even just different people in my life, is that where are we with our mental health? And if our mental health is struggling or, again, not where we want it to be, one, I feel like one of the first places we should look is our gut. What are we eating? What are we putting into our body? Uh, because usually the outer manifestation of our life and with our bodies that's our skin is a reflection of the internal state of our bodies also and that's both emotional and physical also so there's lots of parallels absolutely. there absolutely yes there are so many parallels and 
uh, yeah, you've got the you've got that. Um, the mind disturbances can be treated quite easily through the diet and certain herbs, and they can be uh, pretty quick. But we're going to treat the digestion first. And you're right, everyone says their digestion is fine when you first talk to them. Not very many people want to just open right up and talk about their uh, elimination and the quality of elimination. <laughs> yeah, you did. You were good, but you were ready for it. You kind of knew what was coming. Not all, all, all yeah. students know that. But no. we will be talking about that. Um, burping is the air going the wrong way. We want the air to go down and out, not up and out. So burping is not normal, people. It's not normal. Yeah. Having gas is not normal. That's an indication there's something wrong in the gut. Um, once in a while, maybe it's not a big deal. But if it's every day and multiple times a day, there's issues. And you're you're going into the disease process if you're not addressing these issues that um, seem to be normal. They're just not, if you're not sleeping at night, that's not normal. Right. Or if you're, yeah. Not normal. If you're waking up in the middle of the night, yeah. And can't get back to sleep, it's insomnia. And, uh, you know, there's, we have plenty of things to help with that, but we we will address the gut first. We always do. And and we can do some of these things simultaneously. So it's not, we're just going to focus on the gut for six weeks. It could be, three days, you know, or, or a week. And w- once we see some of these uh, symptoms coming down, then we're treating other bigger things as well. So we have, a, it's an art where we know what, what needs to go first. So right. um, once we've done the evaluation. Yeah. And I really like how it's, I mean, there's several modalities out there on the planet today that, that attest that they are a full body whole body perspective. But what I really appreciate about Ayurveda is that the connection, the interconnectedness. And I feel like that's really illustrated when you say like, yes, we're going to address the gut, but we're going to address these other things in your body too, because they're connected. You can't just address one thing. Like even if you go to a functional medicine practitioner and they say, okay, well, we're just going to focus on gut. That's not all you're doing. because it just literally cannot work that way. (laughs) Right. And many of these herbs um, have special actions we call probobs and they, they treat multiple things at one time. So we may intend for to give you an herb that's going to treat say elimination, but it ends up clearing your mind at the same time. You're, you no longer have brain fog at the same time. And we, we go and go, Oh, well, there's this ingredient in this. And that's, it actually is scientifically shown for thousands of years to clear the mind as well. So uh, sometimes things will go down together fast. And when I say go down, I mean, eliminate uh, or or, um, your symptoms will go to what we call zero. Zero Mm -hmm. is good. Ten is we've got issues that we're working Mm on. Um, So they'll go to zero. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes we are planning it. And sometimes it's just by divine intervention that it happens and, and what the patient is doing and eating and how they're following the protocols. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's what makes it faster or slower as well. Yeah. I'm curious too, you mentioned earlier grounding foods versus cooling foods. So what are some grounding foods? Oh, grounding foods. Grounding foods are uh, the heavier grains, the rices, um, the beans, um, 
some of the vegetables are more grounding things like sweet potatoes are very grounding that doesn't mean for everybody but if it's a vata nature for instance and they're needing grounding then normally those foods as long as they're able to assimilate and digest and properly mm -hmm. uh, their furnace is working correctly um then they can they can digest these foods easily so we're always looking for things like particles in the stools i'm not personally looking at your stools you are but uh you'll you get back to me because i'll ask do you have particles in your stool that means that you're not digesting your food properly so mm -hmm. if that's not happening we need to increase that digestive fire that's your agni and then we're constantly watching to make sure that your um tongue is clear and that your um you know, ama is reducing and going down and out. So the tongue is a big indicator for us to tell how much toxins you have in your body to start with. Almost everyone in my world gets a tongue scraper day one while I'm working well, on everything else. <laughs> everyone gets and a tongue scraper. What are the different things that could uh, show up on your tongue in terms of like, what would it look like? I know like when you and I were working together, it's cracking was one of the big ones, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's mm -hmm. other things. So sure. Um, well, well, for prakriti, which is your original constitution, we're looking at the size of the tongue. Is it is it long and narrow? Is it thick and round? That would be kappa. Long and narrow would be vada. Pitta may have a pointy shape of a tongue. Now you're always going to have that tongue, right? So that goes into that category of this is your original constitution, the shape of the tongue. The color and the ama, the sticky substance on the tongue, would be part of the vicarity, the imbalance. So if we're seeing white, cloudy uh, coating on the tongue um, that's thick, that would be a kappa type of a ama. If it's a yellow in nature or any other color, we'll say, not any other color, but any other color besides gray and um, you know, if it's more of a yellow or a greenish color, that would be an indicator of pitta, um, ama, type ama. And then if it's gray, it would be more of a vata type ama. So that's what we're looking for, color. And then as far as cracks, that's telling us everything in your, in, in your digestive system. And if there's a lot of cracking, that's telling us there's a lot of dryness. And it will even show us where in the body it's dry. If they're oh, scalloping wow. around the edges, it's telling us you're not absorbing your food correctly. Mm. So there's lots of things that we're looking at for, um, uh, sorry about that ringing. It's okay. <laughs> um, lots of things we're looking for on the tongue. And I love to share those things because people really can see for themselves how it is that we're seeing um, what's going on inside the body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's- So then you- yeah, you mentioned the tongue scraper. So then how does the tongue scraper help? It removes, it, it removes the undigested food. So you're eliminating down through the anus. That's one way you eliminate toxins. And the other way is when you're sleeping, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll have a coating on your tongue and you can see it clearly. Most people think it's okay to brush their tongue. Please don't brush your tongue call me, write me, I'll send you a tongue scraper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and a good tongue scraper, please don't use plastic, use a nice metal one or a copper one. Um, and there is ways to do that and ways to honor yourself while you're doing it. Um, we can maybe do a, something on that later another time. Mm -hmm. But um, 
did that answer your question about the tongue, the ama? That we want to yeah. we want to get it off and away. We don't want to brush it back in where it goes back into the system and has to regurgitate the next day. You want to oh. pull it away just like you would wipe your anus. You don't got scrub it. your anus. Don't scrub it. It's just pushing it back in. So you've got to use a tongue scraper, clear it away. And you did several times. I say mm -hmm. up to seven, one for each uh, tissue level. And um but we started up slowly. So you might start the first week just doing two or three tongue scrapes, depending on how well you're handling that. And it's okay if you have a little gag reflex because it it just stimulates your Cladoca kappa for enzymes that are for your food that's coming the next meal. So it's okay if you do. It's actually a good thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would purposely do it because I don't think it's pleasant. But um, sometimes that does happen and that's okay. So um, tongue scraping for sure is the first thing I do. And, um, and then everything else depends. But that one, I'm religious about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Nobody gets Our, missed on that one. No, no one gets out of that one. <laughs> Even if they're healthy, it still does more than just removes the toxin. It stimulates, uh, gets your body ready for the food that's coming. It, um, it's great for your oral health, keeps all that gunk away from your teeth. There's so many other reasons, but those are the mm -hmm. main, yeah. Well, um, I really appreciate your time and your presence today. And we are going to do a follow-up episode where we're going to discuss Panchakarma, which is oh. um, the experience that I had out uh, with you in the Black Rock. Because mm -hmm. that's where you're located, the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. If anyone um, has heard of Burning Man, that's where Burning Man takes place. But more than Burning Man, the Black Rock Desert is powerful and beautiful. And it's um, such a contrast, contrasted environment to I think what most of us are used to. But um, so anyway, so that's going to be part two. Okay. And um, so I just want to thank you. Is there anything else um, that you would like to promote or where you'd like to send people to find you? Well, I would definitely love for you to just go to my website at www.shyanasprings. It's spelled S-H-Y-E-N-A Springs, S-P-R-I-N-G-S, Ayurveda, A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A.com, www.shyanasspringsayurveda.com. And... Um, do you want to give them the offer or you want me to? Yes. So Dr. Jameson would like to extend a 30-minute pre-consult for 50% off her normal rate for our listeners, which would be $75. So that's really generous. And um, do we want to say, um, let's see, if you subscribe to her website and leave a comment pre-con 75 in the order, you could take advantage of the offer. Did I say all that? Yes, right? and I'll get I'll get back <laughs> to them if they leave a comment and any takeaways you have from this or anything that uh, you know you had a moment uh, and you want to talk more about I can talk to you that on our uh, quick quick call to set up your appointment. Um, yeah, any consult. Yeah, so anyone out there, um, definitely don't be shy with your comments, your ahas. Um, you know, you can leave them on. I think iTunes allows you to leave reviews on the podcast, um, but also this will be posted on YouTube. So you can always leave comments on YouTube and um, anywhere else. Uh, this podcast itself is hosted on Podbean. So I think you can leave comments there too, but 
yeah, we love to hear your feedback and um, all your interactions. So, and make sure you guys stay tuned for the second episode, which we will go over uh, Panchakarma and just more of Dr. Jameson's vision for her um, eco resort that she is building. It's really exciting. Yes, thank you so much. I didn't, I didn't even know we were going to get to do a second one. So this is great yes. news. I'm excited. Yes. I could talk Ayurveda all day long. So okay. thank you so much, Dr. <laughs> Lara. And I can't wait for them to hear your shares on your Panchakarma treatment. Yes, yes. I wanted to give us plenty of time to talk about the Panchakarma because I think so, yeah. there's so much that goes into it. I didn't want to, you know, like speed, speed talk through it. So perfect. perfect. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Namaste.